0: Have you been searching for a word from the lord you want to feel his presence you want to feel his love well look no further cause thank the Lord for being here on today. Amen. God is so good. Um, so much running through my mind right now. So, um, uh, in these moments I'll be like, well, just get to it, buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, what should we pray first? I'm on I'm my order of operations is all out. Let me pray and I'll let you, uh, no, we need to read the scripture as well. Okay. So I'm going to pray. We're going to read the scripture, and then um, I'll I'll let you sit down, okay? Is that okay? Yes, all right, all right. I'm going to pray. Bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We just thank you and praise you for bringing us here together, dear Lord. We ask that you would word my mouth right now and give me words to speak to these, your people, dear Lord. Let the word touch each and every heart. Give a message. Let the spirit speak specifically to each person, dear Lord them something they can take home today. Most of all, dear Lord, we pray that you save a soul. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Okay, so let's get the scripture up there. We uh, Big shout out to the crew and everybody who they've been working with me, yes, yes. Uh, they've been working with me trying to get all of this coordinated. Now I asked for a certain version of the scripture and they have it, so kudos to them. But there's uh There's two versions of NASB Uh, one from 1995, and then one that is more recent. Um, I'm just looking to see if it's the same here. Okay. So it's uh, pretty close with brethren. All right. All right. Let's do it. Okay. um, So today's scripture is going to be from James chapter 2, verses uh, 14 through 26. Um, let's go ahead and read that together. It reads, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? even so faith if it has no works is dead being by itself but someone may say say you have faith and i have works show me your faith without the works and and i will show you my faith by my works you believe that god is one you do well the demons also believe and shudder but Are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see, that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Amen, amen, amen. Thank God for the reading of his word. You can be seated now. There you go. OK, um, this is a powerful scripture, one that um, stands out in our mind. Let me uh, give um, recognition to Charlene James, or Charlene Jones. Um, I, I, there's a funny story about that. Um, um, I, really, I feel like I really did convince my wife to uh, marry me. Um, I don't know if she remembers, but uh, this is a fact. Um, one day she told me I, I will just not get married. And um I, I talked her out of that. So <laughs> so like I said, it's one of my most uh my, my greatest accomplishments. <laughs> Cause I love her very much and I love my two little girls very much. <laughs> so hello to them at home. I talked to them before and um they were uh uh Anastasia was like, So when are you gonna be on TV? I'm like, uh, it'll be on soon. <laughs> um we love them. Thank you to the crew. They did a very good job. Um, that's a good place to clap. They did a very good job. Um, we worked out and we hung out. And um, I, I really feel that uh, this group of, of young adults here are, are, are my friends. When, and, um, I, I'm sure Pastor uh, Lewis has those moments where you meet people um, who you work with in ministry and for whatever reason, time and space takes you from, but uh, when you see them again there's uh, there's a deep heartfeltness there, and so um I tried to express that to them. I was only only here for a short while, <laughs> um, but Guys are my friends. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, yes, thank you. I'm just looking around to see all the familiar faces. I see, I see you, Nate. I see. You. <laughs> so I love you guys, all the people who made me feel comfortable while I was here. I love you guys. Okay, so oh, thank you. There you go. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's begin. So our theme for today is Mental Health Matters. And um, I thought it was an interesting topic, um, given the, the time we're in, the space we're in, because we're so isolated from one another. Um, the, the time of isolation and pandemic has taken its toll on me. And so I'm sure that it's taken its toll on you. Um, we did not realize how much we are dependent on just going outside. Uh, until it was taken away, right? And then all of a sudden, um, we realized how much uh, we need to interact with one another. I mean, we uh, this, this whole uh, con, this uh, conference, um, video conferencing, took off, and, um, and then it died down. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as meeting each other in person. And so because we human beings have not had the uh, opportunity to meet and touch and, and hug one another, it has plagued our mental health. Um, I thought when they gave me the topic, I thought it was a very rev- relevant topic. But then they gave me the scripture, and I was like, I don't see how that goes together. However. I said, OK. And that's why I asked them. well, what were you thinking? Um, based on how I talked to them and what God has given me, I think there's something relevant he's saying to us here today. So by way of introduction, Team USA women's sprinter uh, Shikari Richardson, after performing well during the US Olympic trials, was suspended from competition for one month due to a positive marijuana test. This suspension would deny Richardson the opportunity to compete in the Olympic games. Richardson and supporters throughout the country were disappointed that Richardson would not compete in the games, especially since marijuana use is not as controversial as it was in previous years. One of the things that stood out uh, about Shakari's experience was the reason she gave as to why she decided to use the substance. She said that a reporter had informed her of her mother's death, and that caused her to start using, adding that the news was triggering and shocking. However, she said she knew she would still have to go out and perform. I know that I can't hide myself, Richardson said. In some type of way, I was trying to hide the pain. Richardson was not alone when considering those who have had mental challenges challenges while on the competition stage. Tennis player Naomi Osaka admitted to having bouts of depression and anxiety. Under the threats of fine and suspension, she skipped interviews with the media and eventually withdrew from the French Open. In an essay published in Time magazine, Osaka proclaimed It's okay not to be okay. During the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, the NBA held a shortened season with games played in arenas without any fans. Playoffs were held in what became termed as the bubble. All players and personnel from every team were held uh, to strict isolation protocols while the tournament was in process. The isolation took its toll on many of the players as they were separated from families and friends for long periods of time. Notably among those impacted by this atmosphere was Paul George of the Los Angeles Clippers. After four consecutive games of performing poorly, George played well in the fifth game. And in the post-game interview, he admitted that the bubble got the best of him. He was in a dark place. On another occasion, George went into further detail and said, I underestimated mental health. Honestly, I had anxiety and a bit of depression. Just being locked in there, I checked out. Calvin Ridley, wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons, had missed multiple games this season, uh, citing his need to address his mental health. To quote Ridley, these past few weeks have been very challenging, and as much as I like to be out there competing with my teammates, I need to step away from football, and take this time to focus on my mental well-being. These are just a few examples from the athletic arena where the light has been shown on mental health issues. While we appreciate every athlete, actor, entertainer, and person of renown who is transparent with their mental struggles, we have to admit not everyone is willing to speak on these issues. Furthermore, Our society in general, and our churches in particular, have not always created an atmosphere which encourages us to be honest about our mental battles. Our current situation in this pandemic demands we, the people of faith, take action to address the unseen challenge of mental health. The CDC reported 31% of adults report symptoms of anxiety and depression. Uh, 13% of people uh, have started or increased their use of substances, 26% reported stress-related symptoms, and 11% reported having serious thoughts of suicide in the past 30 days. Unfortunately, these numbers are nearly double the rates they would have been before the pandemic. With all this being said, what are we to do? sometimes the christian life and life in general can be overwhelming and cause us to freeze beneath the fear and confusion the passage we examine today is a resounding message to every believer that no matter the obstacle physical or mental our faith must move us to action our passage today comes from the book of james james being the brother of uh, jesus According to the first chapter in James, James is writing this to the Jews that are spread abroad. James is uh, his overarching theme here is uh, what does it practically look, out, look like to uh, live out your faith? There's popular uh, passages in this book of James that you might re, uh, remember. Uh, James chapter one says, uh, consider it all joy when you fall into various temptations knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Again, in James chapter 1, but everyone must be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to anger. James chapter 3, the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts very great things. See how a great forest is set to flame by such a small fire. No one can tame the tongue. It is a relentless evil and full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and we curse men um, who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. In James chapter 5, confess your sins one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So these are scriptures we can remember from the book of James. But most popularly, I believe, is the one that we're going to examine today, where we learn that faith without the corresponding action is worthless. James sets up his argument by asking the question, what use is someone who claims to have faith, but has no proof of action to verify the claim? He continues with the, follow- uh, he, he continues with the follow-up question and asks, can that faith save him? Ultimately, these are rhetorical questions. The, answer are, are, the answers are useless and no, respectively. What well, use is someone who simply verbalizes the tenets of the Christian faith. The potency, the power of faith is how it inspires the believer to good works. James is saying it is useless to only talk about faith. If faith does not extend from the verbal realm to the tangible, visible outward action, then it is of no use. But make no mistake what James is saying here. Faith without the supporting action is not just useless, it is no faith at all. John Bunyan captured this sentiment in the character of Talkative in his book, The Pilgrim's Progress. In the book, Christian and Faithful are two pilgrims on their way to the heavenly city. Along their way, they meet Talkative, who strikes up a conversation with Faithful. Faithful is impressed by Talkative uh, because he professes to be a pilgrim just like them on his way to the heavenly city. And he is willing to talk about anything that is profitable to their journey as pilgrims from Talkative. He says, uh, I like you wonderfully well, for your sayings are full of conviction as he talks to faithful. I will add what things are so pleasant and what are so profitable as to talk about the things of God. What things so pleasant that is, if a man hath any delight in things that are wonderful, for instance, if a man doth delight to talk of the history or the mystery of things, or if a man doth love to talk of miracles and wonders and signs, where shall he find things recorded so delightful and so sweetly penned as in the Holy Scriptures? Faithful says, Wow, that is true. Those things are profitable, but we, we should also design our life around such things. Talkative said, so That's what I said. For to talk of such things is most profitable. For by doing so, a man may get knowledge of many things. As of the vanity of earthly things, the benefit of things above, thus in general, but more particularly, a talkative likes to hear himself talk. And man may learn the necessity of the new birth, the insufficiency of our work, the need of Christ's righteousness, etc., etc. By this, a man may learn. By, uh, by this talk, what it is to repent, to believe, to suffer, to pray, or the like. But this all, by this also a man may learn uh, what are the great promises and the consolations of the gospel to his own comfort. Further by this, a man may learn to refute false opinions and vindicate the truth and also instruct the ignorant. Now Faithful is thrown aback. He's like, all of this is true. And I am glad to hear these things from you. Talkative, alas, the want of this is because so, why so few understand the need for faith and the necessity of work of grace in their soul in order to uh, gain eternal life. But ignorantly live in the works of the law, which a man can by no means obtain the kingdom of heaven. Now, faithful says. Um, No man attains these things, this knowledge, by human industry or only by talking of them. Talking of all of this I know very well. For a man can receive nothing except to be given to him from heaven. All is of grace, not of works. I could give you a 100 scriptures for the confirmation of this. Now Faithful is enamored. He says, we have a pilgrim who can go on this journey with us. Christian squints his eyes. And he stands across the road, and he says, I will give you further discovery of this man. This man is for any company, for any talk. As he talks with you now, so will he talk when he is on the ale bench. And the more he drinks, the more he talks, and he has in his mouth. Religion has no place in his heart or in his house or in his conversation. All he has is lies in his tongue, and his religion is to make a noise therewith. Deceived, you may be sure of it, as he tells Fable. Remember the proverb that uh, say, they say and do not, but the kingdom of God is not in word in power. He talks of prayer and of repentance and of faith and of the new birth, but he only knows to talk of them i have been in his family and have observed him both at home and abroad i know what i say of him is the truth his house is empty of religion as the white of an egg is empty of flavor there is neither prayer nor sign of repentance for sin yea the brute in his kind serves god better than he does He is the very stain, reproach, and shame of religion to all who know him. It can hardly have a good word in all that end of the town where he dwells. Uh, Through him, thus say the common people that know him, a saint abroad and a devil at home. For my part, I am of the opinion that he has by his wicked life caused many to stumble and fall and will be if God prevented not the ruin of many more. A long passage, but Christian is preaching to us. What John Bunyan is uh, trying to portray to us in the character of talkative is what James is conveying to us in his letter. Those who merely talk about faith uh, are of no use. James is trying to teach us true faith is always followed by good actions. This is the sentiment caught in his second question. Can a workless faith save? No, no, no. The scriptures confirm that we have been saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. However, true faith will always respond with righteous deeds. I cannot truly have faith in the light switch unless I reach out and flip it. I cannot have faith in a chair to hold me up unless I am willing to sit down in it. I cannot proclaim true faith in Christ unless I keep his commands. Unless hourly and actively I am trying to be like Christ. I cannot be his disciple. James continues. I'm sorry I had a slide for the points, but the next point is uh, faith cannot be shown apart from actions. Okay? Moving kind of fast, but you get the point here. James uses a Practical example to further illustrate this point. In verse 16, he says, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and be filled, and yet you do nothing to, uh, yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? James uses the example to inextricably tie faith to good works. Wishing clothes upon the naked does nothing to uh, uh, fulfill their need. Wishing uh, uh, food into the belly of the hungry does nothing for them. Wishing roofs over the, the homeless does nothing to actually address the problem. And here is where we can view this topic through the lens of mental health. It is, a great, it is great for us to be aware of these issues, but awareness is not enough we must not only become churches that build an atmosphere that welcome the opportunity for people to be open about their struggles but we must become individuals who are sensitive to others needs we must become individuals who are willing to sacrifice of our own time and our own schedule to connect with others who are in their hard times When we ask how someone is doing, we must actually mean it. And when the answer is not so good, we must be willing to meet the need. James continues this theme of the useless nature of faith without works in verses 18 through 23. Like a good Baptist preacher, James has plenty of illustrations. To drive home the larger point. Uh, to his audience. James foresees a rebuttal someone might raise, someone might say, you have faith and I have works. James simply responds by saying, okay, show me your faith without pointing to your deeds. As we mull this over in our minds, it becomes quite evident that it is, it is an impossible task. Notice James gives two illustrations of the godly entanglement of faith and actions. Entanglement that made me laugh because I thought of Jada Pinkett. Okay, um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. Okay, come back. As Pastor Lewis was saying, come back. Um, first, he points that there is one God, a truth that his Jewish audience would have easily affirmed. He then points out that demons understand this truth about God as well. What is the point of bringing up demons and their knowledge of God? The point is that demons know and believe there is a God. They shudder at this knowledge. However, no one would describe demons as being beings of faith. Why not? Because their deeds are antithetical to the description. We get an understanding of this from Luke chapter 8. There Luke tells us the story of Jesus in the city of the... Gerasenes, being approached by a demon-possessed man. The evil spirits recognize Jesus for who he is and lead the man to fall on his knees. He confesses Jesus as the son of the most high God. We know that this confession is not a true statement of faith. It has no reverence for who Jesus really is. Because for uh, because. Jesus showed, when he showed up, the spirits were causing the man to wander through the desert and through the graveyards and to cut himself with old bones. They repeatedly tormented this man. Just like we would not describe a murderer as a law-abiding citizen simply because they now express a respect for the law and the justice system. We too cannot be people of faith if our actions are not aligned with that stance. James also gives us a positive example of the unbreakable connection of faith and deeds. He points to Abraham. You may be aware of this story. Uh, James knows that his audience is Jewish and they will know the Old Testament stories. They would know that God promised Abraham to be father of many nations. And that was going to be accomplished through his son Isaac. So you could imagine Abraham's surprise when he hears the voice of God instruct him to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Abraham has no idea how God is going to fulfill his promise if Isaac is dead. But nevertheless, Abraham prepares to carry out the deed of sacrificing his own son. And just when it came time to complete this act, God steps in and stops Abraham and provides a ram as a sacrifice instead. How do we know Abraham was a man of faith? Because his life consistently moved with actions of faith. Is your life consistently moving with the actions of faith today? Can God use you as an example of faith to inspire others? Like Abraham does, your faith uh, must lead you to give your all to God. Is Is your righteousness grounded by an unwavering faith? Paul told the Corinthians to examine themselves to see if they were in the faith. There is a divine link between faith and action and it can't be broken. Paul instructs us to examine ourselves. Well, what are we starting to examine? Is it somewhere inwardly? No, he is telling them to examine your actions. What are you doing? You claim to be a follower of Christ? Well, show me then. Examine yourself and see. Can you, can you look at what you're doing and say, yes, 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 I have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This concept can be viewed through the prism of mental health as well, I think, in two ways. First, many of us are having the typical mental and emotional experience we would expect the average person to have. We have our ups and downs, but for the most part, by the grace of God, we are able to healthily function in this life. However, for others of us, we find it hard to healthily function. Often. We cannot describe it except to say that something doesn't feel right. Our theme today encourages us to take charge of our minds and to control our thoughts. I could easily preach those emphases and we could all leave happy today. However, someone needs to hear today, in the words of Naomi Osaka, it is okay not to be okay. But what our scripture reminds us, today it reminds us, it's not okay to stay that way. Remember, a person of faith is a person of action. A person of faith will make the call, talk to others, pray, push, and persist until they get the help they need. Our scripture today encourages encourages us not to stop. If we don't feel okay, don't stop until you get the help you need, until you feel okay. As we move forward, faith, action, and justification. There's something going on here in this passage as we come to a close. There is a concept that runs through this passage and comes to a head in verse 24. James says a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. For some of us acquainted with the scriptures and the Christian doctrine that statement may cause us to pause because it seems contradictory to our understanding of justification by faith alone. James and Paul are fighting the same fight from different aspects. They are trying to get people to rightly understand their faith and its relation to their deeds. Paul emphasized the inability of anyone to work to earn the salvation Christ is offering. It must be freely received by faith. James lets us know that all true saving faith will be evidenced by good deeds. They are only reemphasizing a connection drawn multiple times by our Lord Jesus himself. A group of young men, you may remember, bring an adulterous woman to Jesus and demand that she be judged and stoned. Which was out of line because they were supposed to bring the young men as well. They kind of show their biases, right? Jesus, I knew the ladies would like that one. (laughs) Jesus in his wisdom, let one, uh, he says, let one who is without sin cast the first stone. Conflicted by this statement, the men walk away. In a great picture of salvation, Jesus says, woman, where are your accusers? She looks around and says, I I have none. Jesus says, neither do I condemn you, but here is the good part. Jesus says, go and sin no more. Jesus not only saves her, but he commends her to good works. He is not concerned only with our salvation, but he is concerned that we live rightly. The... Theologians say uh, our orthodoxy, that is our right teaching, must lead to orthopraxy, that is our right living. Jesus, our Lord, once walked up to the pool of Bethesda. There at the pool, those sick would receive healing. A lame man sat by the pool for many years, unable to get the healing he desired. Jesus, in a picture of salvation, says, do you want to be made whole? The man starts explaining to Jesus why he can't make it into the water. Now picture the mind of Jesus saying, that's not what I asked you. I did not ask you why you can't make it into the water. I asked, do you want to be made whole? Jesus skips the lesson and just says, take up your pallet and walk. Jesus saves the man, but that's not the end. Later, Jesus sees the man walking in the temple. He says, be careful. Don't go into sin anymore lest a worse thing befall you. Jesus not only saves the man, but he commends him to good works. Jesus understands that this faith comes with right action. Our Lord isn't done making this point. One day he is approached by a very rich young man. The young man says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, why do you call me good? Don't you know there's nobody good but God? Young man says, he understands. He calls Jesus good, good teacher. But Jesus is making a point. Not only is he comparing himself to God, he's, He's trying to prepare the mind of this young man. For summary, Jesus uh, tells him to keep the Ten Commandments. The young man says he has kept these things since his youth. Jesus says there is one more thing you lack. Sell all you have. Give it to the poor. Follow me and you will receive riches in heaven. The rich man walked away. Dejected because he had many possessions. You see... The young man started out by confessing Jesus is good. He's a good teacher. Jesus said, oh, uh, that's great. I'm a good teacher. Here's what I'm going to teach you. Sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me. He gave him instruction to take some good action. We know that his profession of faith was false. He, he, He doesn't believe Jesus to be some good teacher because he won't follow what he says. Jesus is trying to teach us something. You cannot be my disciple. You cannot have faith in me if you will not follow me. Our faith must be in word and in deed. Our faith must be transformational inside and out. We must remember that Christ is our Savior and Lord not only does he rescue us from sin and justify us in the sight of god but he becomes our master and commander he can literally lead us to do exactly what he pleases you can not only have him as savior you must accept him as lord he not only saves you from sin but he commands you to good works he not only uh, is going to save you from the day of, uh, of judgment, but he wants you to be more like himself. He not only cares about your soul, but he cares how you impact others. He wants you to be uh, uh, holy and, and set apart on the inside, but he wants your life to be holy and set apart on the outside. Christ cares not only for your soul, but he cares for your actions. Where are you today? Have you placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe he descended from heaven? Was he born of a virgin? Did he live the life we could not live? Did he die the death we could not die? Did he resurrect with all power and ascend to heaven? Do you believe that? Is your faith one of works as well? Are you following the commands of the Lord? Do you have compassion for those in need? Will you help those around you? Are you the type to say, "Uh, I see you struggling, brother. I see you having trouble, sister. Um, And with the Lord's help, I'm gonna walk through it with you. It's not in my notes, but C.S. Lewis gave us the same point. He said it's it's, it's useless to try to uh, think, uh, can I be good without Jesus Christ? This life is not just calling you to um, um, just a simple faith, nor is it calling you to simple actions. Christ is calling us to be totally transformed. C.S. Lewis said it like this. He said you're being transformed from a walking being to a flying being. You try to ascend the mount of morality, and even if you were able to, you would get to the top and see the rest of the journey takes wings with which you do not have. Christ is trying to totally transform you, not just in this this, this word faith. He wants to see you have actions that you walk it out. Others are to look at you and say, you are a different person. I don't know what it is, but you have been transformed from the lowly living and belief of the world to this high flying divine life that we have been give it in Christ in vain men talk of a living faith with all their works exhibit death when they indulge in some sinful feud, and all they say or do true believers fear the Lord obey his precepts and keep his word commit his works to God's alone and seeks his will before his own. A barren tree that bears no fruit, brings no great glory to its root. When on the boughs rich fruit we see, tis when we cry, a goodly tree. Amen, you guys be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray this message has encouraged your heart and renewed your spirit. If this message has been a blessing to you, please share it with everyone you know. If you would like to help support the ministry, spread the gospel, and assist in funding community service projects at Rising Star, visit our website at www.risingstarbaptist.org and click the yellow donate button. Or zealous at finance at risingstarbaptist.org or mail in your love offering at Rising Star Missionary Baptist Church 2800 East 36th Street, Tucson, Arizona, 85713. We look forward to you tuning in again. Remember, Rising Star Baptist is a local church with a global reach.